Ryu landed in Great Britain as he searched for his next opponent. As he turned the corner of the empty street, Ryu noticed a large man waiting by himself. Ryu knew who he was as he set his bag down and prepared himself. His opponent standing before him was known as Bertie. Bertie wore clothing similar to that of a biker. His black pants, black studded belt, and black leather vest were prominent. He chose not to wear a shirt so that his massive muscles could intimidate those who dared to oppose him. His mohawk was long and spiked with copious amounts of hair gel. Ryu felt small compared to Bertie, but he knew that muscles weren't everything. He squared up to Bertie as the large man smiled. Ryu quickly pushed forward and unleashed his Tatsumaki Senpukyaku kick. He twisted furiously at Bertie as his Tatsumaki landed against his guard. Unfortunately for Ryu, the massive fighter pulled his fist back and smashed it into Ryu's chest. The martial artist fell backwards, but quickly got on his feet. Bertie charged forward as he continued to attack Ryu, as Ryu continued to dodge and parry with every dangerous punch that came his way. Bertie landed a fist against Ryu's guard that sent him backwards yet again. Ryu stood as he pulled his hands back to his side and a light began to glow between his palms. Bertie was enthralled by the fight did not care about the light coming from Ryu's hands. As Bertie charged, Ryu pushed his hands forward as he sent a Hadouken towards his foe. Bertie instinctively pulled his arms up to cover his face as he smashed into the Hadouken. Ryu's face was stunned as Bertie continued to charge forward, the Hadouken doing nothing. Ryu pulled his hands back yet again, charged and set another Hadouken towards Bertie. Bertie's smile widened as he closed in closer and closer to Ryu. His plan was to smash through the martial artist's weird energy attack and continue through with ramming into Ryu and ending him. Bertie collided into Ryu's Hadouken as the bright light pushed against his body and his vision blurred for a moment. As Bertie successfully pushed through the Hadouken, his vision returned to find Ryu in a new stance. Bertie's momentum carried him closer and closer, not caring for what Ryu had up his sleeve. But Ryu waited as Bertie was a foot away as his fist went vertically behind Bertie's guard and into the Brit's jaw as Ryu uses Soryuken. All of Ryu's strength went to his attack as Bertie blacked out from the unexpected assault. Ryu and Bertie went through the air as both came back down. Ryu landed on his feet. Bertie landed on his back. With Bertie knocked out, Ryu reflected upon his opponent's overconfidence. He had learned how to use those moments to his advantage. As Ryu pondered, a taxi pulled up to him. He was informed that his ride had already been paid for. Ryu knew where he would be taken to. As he got into his taxi, he closed his eyes and enjoyed the moment of silence the taxi offered as he was taken to his next fight. When the taxi stopped, 
Ryu awoke to find himself on a dirt road alongside a river. A massive castle could be seen in the distance, built into the hillside. Ryu couldn't admire the castle for long as another taxi pulled up ahead. A man stepped out, dressed in rather nice clothing. Black pants, a button-up shirt, and even a bow tie. In both his hands were large metal batons. A long scar ran across his face, from his cheek to his jaw. The taxis drove away as Ryu and his opponent, known as Eagle, prepared themselves. Ryu examined the batons in Eagle's hands. He could tell that they had been used regularly. Without prompt, Eagle charged in. Ryu knew he couldn't block against the batons, or else he would be severely hurt. Ryu dodged Eagle's attacks as the batons barely missed the martial artist. Ryu couldn't find an opening with Eagle. He guessed the man was self-taught in his fighting style, as it was rough, but effective. Ryu had no time to prepare any special techniques. Eagle wasn't giving him a chance. As Ryu continued to dodge, he happened to notice that Eagle wasn't attacking with his feet. In fact, Eagle's legs were unguarded whenever he attacked high. Realizing this, Ryu quickly dropped low and swept his leg underneath Eagle's leg, knocking him off balance and onto the ground. With the Brit disoriented, he quickly realized Ryu stood over him, his fist clenched tight. As if divine judgment from the heavens themselves, Ryu's fist went down into Eagle's face, knocking him out cold. Ryu stepped back inside. This had been the shortest fight to his surprise. Steps could be heard approaching Ryu from behind as he turned to find a tournament representative. They congratulated Ryu on his victory, wearing their fake smiles. As he made it to the semifinals of the tournament, he was handed a plane ticket. The destination? Thailand. Ryu could see the end ahead of him. More importantly, he could only imagine the last opponents in his way and the strength they possibly possessed. With a smile, Ryu grabbed his bag and entered into the provided taxi, waiting to take him to the airport. After another long plane ride, Ryu got off the plane, thinking about how he never wanted to fly again for quite some time. The private plane had dropped Ryu off at the next fighting stage. His opponent stood ahead, waiting for him. The man had clothing of that of a Muay Thai fighter. Ryu had experience fighting practitioners of Muay Thai, as he had defeated 20 opponents using the martial art in the past. His opponent's wide smile unsettled Ryu. His name was Adon. Adon was the disciple of the warrior known as the God of Muay Thai, and his confidence was extreme. 
Ryu mentally prepared himself as he took his stance in front of the giant Buddha statue in the distance. Adon snickered as he pumped himself up, jumping on either foot back and forth and punching his fists together. His cockiness was obvious as he wore proudly like a badge of honor. Before Ryu had time to settle into his stance, Adon leapt forward, arms flexed to the side, with a flying knee attack. Moments before Adon's quick attack, Ryu knew he had to be prepared for anything. Having faced so many cocky opponents already, Ryu knew he had to always be ready. As Adon flew forward, Ryu had already prepared and sent forward a Hadouken straight at Adon. The blast connected with Adon's open chest, sending him flying backwards and knocked cold onto the ground. Ryu stood, fists clenched, ready to fight more and waiting for Adon to get back up. But he didn't. Adon's cockiness got the better of him as he was knocked out by a single Hadouken. Confused, Ryu walked forward, following the path as it led to a structure that seemed almost temple-like. He had thought to himself how he hoped, no, maybe even prayed, his next opponent would be a lot stronger than the last. Numerous stairs led to the temple-like structure. Waiting at the base of the stairs was Ryu's last opponent. None other than the man known as the god of Muay Thai, Sagat. He was the one that set up the world tournament. His goal? To prove he was the strongest fighter in the world. Like Adon, Sagat wore traditional Muay Thai clothing, along with an eye patch over his right eye. He was extremely tall and equally muscular. For the first time in the tournament, Ryu felt his confidence waver ever so slightly. Sagat was a master known around the world and an imposing figure. His intensity was insurmountable. As Ryu set his bag down, he steeled his resolve. Both Ryu and Sagat set into their fighting stances. Both stared into each other's eyes for quite some time. Suddenly, at the same time, both leapt forward, their fists connecting against one another as they stood in place. Pain shot out from Ryu's fist and down his arm. Sagat looked unfazed. Ryu pushed forward, striking at any vulnerable spot on Sagat. Unfortunately, Sagat's defense was equally as strong as his offense as he parried Ryu's strikes. Ryu jumped back, preparing to fire a Hadouken. As he pushed his blast forward, Sagat smiled. Sagat brought both of his fists together and pushed them forward as a blast of fire flew towards Ryu's Hadouken. This technique was known as the Tiger Shot. Both blasts canceled each other out as Sagat pushed through the smoke at Ryu, flying forward with his knee extended out. Sagat rushed through the smoke, 
and connected against Ryu's chest. The impact was so strong that Ryu went flying backwards. He landed on the ground and struggled to get back up. Sagat slowly approached Ryu. He could feel his title as the world's strongest finally in his hands. He looked down at the struggling young warrior and knew that he was finished. One more strike would end Ryu and put a finish to the Street Fighter Tournament. Ryu tried collecting himself. He knew he was on the verge of losing everything. Losing the fight. Losing the tournament. And maybe even losing his life. He can almost feel Sagat's cold shadow casting over him. Sagat prepared for one last strike to finish off the young martial artist as Ryu clenched his fist, putting all of his strength into this last attack. With one last push, Ryu leapt from the ground and into the air as he threw forward a Soryuken attack. Sagat was thrown off guard by his overconfidence. Ryu pushed forward with his Soryuken so fast and so strong that his fist began to wrap in fire and flames. The furious attack landed into Sagat's chest as it traveled upward across his body. Sagat screamed out in pain as the force of the strike sent him upwards and back. As he landed on his back, the grave wound given by Ryu seared into his chest. As Sagat passed out, he stared at Ryu and cursed his name. He swore his revenge as his consciousness faded from his grasp. Ryu stood, battered and beaten, but victorious as the winner of the Street Fighter Tournament. All the fights and opponents led him to the point where he was the world's strongest fighter. From out on the horizon, the sunlight cast directly onto Ryu as if the gods themselves deemed Ryu worthy of his title. Ryu smiled as he looked out into the Thailand landscape. He had finally become the world's strongest fighter. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Bedtime Stories. We'll have another episode of a Bedtime Story out next month. Please let us know what you think of our bedtime stories on our social media or emailing us at talesfromthecartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are threes. We'd love to know what you like, don't like, and the stories you'd like us to cover.